It's how do creatives live their best life? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is The Command Z Show. Welcome to The Command Z Show. Uh, today, I, I feel like I say this every time, like this is a really special show. <laughs> every episode's special. It, it is, it is. Um, especially, you know, some of these first ones that, that we're doing with guests. A lot of these people that we are selecting to be a guest, um, I know on a little bit of a deeper level than just kind of passing in the halls kind of thing, you know? Like, these are people that I very, very much respect and people that I... I'm just looking for an excuse to have a conversation with them. They don't know that. Don't tell them. But <laughs> um, so, Shelby, how you doing? Um, I'm doing just fine, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, so today's guest. Uh, you know, let me let me go back a second. The, the other reason that I I pick some of the guests that we have are because I think that they ha- have some kind of insight to something really specific that I think everyone needs to hear about. And um, our next guest, I think, holds a lot of information in that brain of his that <laughs> that we want to try to unlock a little bit of. Uh, Jay Klaus, how you doing, Jay? I'm excited to be here. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm about to go on a fishing trip. And so I'm in a very good headspace. I'm ready to rock and roll. Fishing trip. I I have gone fishing at least six times in my life, and I have caught exactly zero fish. Whoa. Um, well, you got something wrong with your form. I don't know. Six it, times it must be. isn't that I many. Don't know. It's not that many, man. Go for not. seven. Go for seven. I will someday. Like, my kids are like, let's go fishing. I'm like, listen, we won't catch anything. It's not that much fun. <laughs> I think that like if I did catch something, I would be so lost. I'd be like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and then I would just toss it back in the water. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, you can toss it back in the water. That's that's a lot of people do that. Do you, Catch and release. Do you do you keep do you eat them later? Is this what you do? Depends on the trip and depends on the season and what you're catching. So <laughs> we're going walleye fishing and we have a limit i don't know what the limit is i don't know if it's like two per day or four per day per person or is something. that like a state law or something or yeah what's yeah. what state each is that state has uh it's going to be new york oh, okay uh so each each body of water has governing rules from its state and seasons that the rules are different right huh. so yeah um have you watched uh alone on netflix i have not uh, okay um I won't even go there, but yeah, it's uh, it's seasonal and uh, there's limits involved. And um, if you're above the limit, you just put the fish back. Uh, sometimes you catch a fish that is not very big and you want to eat the fish. So you throw that back preemptively so mm. that you're not at your limit, hoping that you will catch <laughs> another bigger That's fish to get you to the limit. Uh, well, that brings me to the question of how do you best fish? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Perfect how transition do, do into fish? today's topic. <laughs> We're talking about fishing. Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean, one of the reasons that I, I wanted to have you on again, I think you have a lot of information in, in your head right now. One of the things that I find really fascinating about who you are is that you seem to dabble in a lot of different 
kinds of things. And it's interesting to me because since I met you, I feel like you've sort of made more of an emergence to more of the creative side of things uh, from from more of the kind of startup or entrepreneurial side of things. And I've always found that really fascinating because for me, it's always been about trying to learn things from other industries and apply it to creativity mm-hmm. rather than just kind of being stuck in that echo chamber and just doing things how everyone else does. So I, I think that you have a lot of really great insight into a lot of things. Um, and I want to start tapping into that a little bit. Is that all right? Yeah, totally. Open book. Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> all right. So the question that we'll start with, I'm sure we're going to go to a lot of different places, but the question that I want to start with, and it's a big one, is how do creatives live their best life? I think it comes down with just being honest to yourself about what you want, because like, if you don't know what you want, you can't optimize for it. You can't get there. So it starts with having, you know, an honest conversation with yourself with what, what do I want my lifestyle to look like? You know, I forget who got me to this way of thinking, but it's for for the last several, several years, I very much designed my life and the way I spend my time to optimize for my days. Like what will my day feel like because a lot of people before they get honest about what they want start pursuing that they more so optimize for like these ephemeral achievements that make for really nice facebook and linkedin moments like i'm excited to announce that i'm officially this position at this company and it's like that sounds awesome but now you have the reality of being that (laughs) day in and day out and it's not exciting to say that as much anymore And I wanted to be the opposite. It's like, I don't really care what I say that I am. I just want to wake up in the morning and not dread my day. Um, So I think once you figure out what that is for you, you start paddling in that direction. And uh, more and more, you know, in the beginning, you're always going to be optimizing a little bit for like what's able to pay the bills. (laughs) Like, Let me get my existence covered financially. And as that becomes easier and easier and you start paddling in the direction of what you want to do, then uh, you start to get more opportunities to be choosy. You know, you can say like, okay, right now I'm doing A, B, and C. I kind of hate C. Um, A and B are paying more money than they used to be, so I'm just going to stop doing C. So you're just doing A and B and you think, you know what, I think I might want to try D. D looks pretty fun, so you start doing D and you're like, I really like D actually, Uh, but it takes a lot of time, so... Let's get rid of A. I'll do B and D for the next future. You know, and it's just this constant like iterating and whittling down of how you want to be spending your time until you're right. spending as little time as possible on the stuff that you don't want to be doing um, and you enjoy your existence. So that's definitely one of these things that's easier said than done, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. And what do you think it is that stands in the way of people being able to simply do things like that? Well, I think part of it is that our our educational system does us a disservice by not trying to flip this switch in us to begin with. In fact, depending on how tin hat you want to go, you, you could say that the educational system is aggressively trying to do the opposite. You know, if it's if it's if the schooling system is created and funded by a, uh, an industrial complex that wants people to be workers and middle managers, like they don't want you to think about this. And in fact, the more successful you are on the path that traditional jobs and work want you to be, the more you start getting um, 
attached to the amount of income you earn from a job, the more you layer on complexities and constraints of mortgages and cars and uh, a family, you know, so the earlier in your life you flip this switch and start making decisions towards that, the more likely you are to have fewer dependencies on money. So I was lucky right. to start this this journey in my 20s when I didn't have a family. I could live in a very small apartment. Um, I could live very, very cheaply. And I'm a white male. So I had a lot of advantages in getting there. And the DAC is stacked, stacked against most of us and some of us even more so than others. Right. So, you know, the more you can do to loosen your dependencies and constraints, the easier it's going to be. But the more intense your dependencies and constraints are, the harder you're going to have to work. And it sucks, but it's true. Right. How I, I want to get a little bit into the community side of things, but I guess before I do, how do you know these things? Trial and error, man. Like just... Just practice, and I, I I write pretty consistent pretty consistently, um, and I enjoy having conversations like this because if I'm not writing about things I know, sometimes getting asked it helps me articulate my opinions. Because right. I'm not really somebody that has a ton of opinions or at least strong opinions without being prompted. But when somebody asks me a question, I I can easily kind of plumb the depths of my mind and and tell you what <laughs> right. I believe and why. No, but right. um. It's just lived experience and and uh, reflection, and uh, also meeting other people that are on the same path and learning a little bit more about their journey. You know, like we're talking before we start recording. Between the two podcasts that I have run in my lifetime, I've interviewed like three hundred something people on just recorded conversations, right. and mm-hmm. all of those people are entrepreneurial in one way or another. So I've learned a lot about different people's paths. So. Like I said, over time, you've started to gravitate a little bit more towards that creative side and, and you know, building a creative community. Why, why make that change? Why drift towards that side of things? Well, uh, I ended up even close to this world because in college, there were a couple of guys who started businesses in high school who opened my eyes to the idea of entrepreneurship. But at that time, entrepreneurship and my eyes was high-tech growth startups um and so i thought like okay so if i'm going to be an entrepreneur i need to have some sort of app that i create that i get funding for and then we cash out and bro down i just thought that's what entrepreneurship was (laughs) right slowly started to recognize that small businesses were entrepreneurs that was pretty cool uh Mm -hmm. at some point i kind of left the startup world to just depend on myself and see how i could make money on my own discovered freelancing that's still entrepreneurship and as i discovered freelancing i just started spending more time with people who were in the creative world and also began experimenting with building my own products and writing my own blog and then recording my own podcast and what i realized was i love making things and in the startup world i still had that love of making things i just thought that for me to make things, I had to make software. And then I had to push that vision through a designer who would then translate that into uh, tasks for a developer. And then by the time the thing that I wanted to have made was actually made, it was full of all kinds of compromises and things that I didn't actually want because it was also forced to go onto a timeline of what the business needed. 
And so the things that I wanted to make were never what I actually wanted to make. And start entering this more creative world. I can go from idea to published or idea to created totally dependent on myself and make exactly what I want to make. And any of the compromises that I make were my decision and my decision alone. And that was incredibly liberating and exciting to me. And the people that I met that were doing the same thing just seemed happier and enjoyed themselves more and were naturally more fun to hang around because like they were on the same path and they were doing the same thing. They were making things that they wanted to make because they wanted to make them. And, you know, to your point about living our best lives, what's better than that? Right. So over time, then you start, I don't, I don't know how intentional it was. And I guess I'm kind of curious. Again, you started building the sort of creative community. And I want you to talk about that a little bit um, of just kind of leading up to building what you have and kind of where it is today. Yeah. I, so I started a tech company in 2014 with a partner. We, we did the venture route. We raised some funding. We sold it uh, in late 2015. Then I took a job as a product manager at another venture-backed company here in town called Crosschecks then. Now it's called Olive. And um, got really burned out on that because, one, I went from being like a co-founder of a company to being a product manager underneath uh, the product leader who I didn't think knew product very well. <laughs> and so I was like, this sucks. Uh, I, I don't have as much control. I don't even have full transparency to how this business is running. I have to run things through somebody who I don't think gets what we should be doing. Uh, screw it. I'm out. And I left, went out on my own, didn't know what I was going to do. Just figured like, I will be fine. And started uh, facilitating mastermind groups is the way I would put it. Um, I called it an accelerator program for mostly creative individuals is what it turned out to be. It was this 12 week program where I would get uh, a group of five people together, five people plus me. We would meet every hour, every week for an hour. Every hour for a week. <laughs> We'd meet every hour for a week. <laughs> we'd meet every week for an hour and talk about our creative projects. And the goal was over a 12-week period of time, we'd make a lot of progress collectively and individually. On the back end of that, because meeting once a week for an hour seemed never seemed like enough time, I had a Slack community where it was just like, we can communicate here in Slack while we're not doing this. And this was 2017. Slack wasn't as big as a, a thing then. When we were doing these calls, like I had to show people how to download and use Zoom. Uh, people didn't know what Zoom right. was at the time, which this all sounds crazy right now, but this is 2017. And over a period of three years running this business, more than 100 people went through this program. We were all in the Slack community. It was this beautiful, wonderful place. And I didn't realize I was building a community at the time. I'm using that word now, but at the time I just thought it was like I'm getting people Right. Uh, to, to communicate outside of these group calls and outside of their groups. Fast forward to 2020 in the pandemic, um, Matt Gartland, who is local here in Columbus, he is Pat Flynn's business partner. Pat Flynn is like one of the OG online creators. Um, he is, he's been doing it since like 2008. Um, he's like the, the inspiration point for so many people who are doing this creator thing now they were looking to launch a membership community on a new tool called Circle. And Matt had seen how I was running my community on Slack and brought me in to consult to help them form a membership community as a paid project or paid product as for part of their business. So I did that for about eight months. Then they acquired my community to absorb those people into this community, SPI Pro, and bring me on the team full-time to lead community underneath uh, Smart Passive Income, SPI. And 
that kind of formalized what I was doing as community building. And I continue to get more and more interested in it, do a lot more research, do a lot more practice. Um, spent a year with SPI from January 2021 to the end of December 2021. And then as of this year, back out completely on my own um, and launched my community in March. Well, I'm... <laughs> The one thing that I always find to be fascinating about you is is the confidence that you have in what you do. It's like a you have a confidence about not knowing the right answer to things. And I think it's it's not very common to have. And I'm wondering how that 2015 acquisition that we're talking about. I wonder how much that played into that confidence that that you started to develop at that oh, point. Oh, interesting. Um yeah, to be honest, I don't I don't know. I haven't thought about that. It's certainly possible. I'm sure it played a role, you know, because like it was a very early win for me. I was in my mid twenties right? and I was like, this is cool. And it wasn't like life changing money by any means. Like it, right, right. it kickstarted my retirement fund because <laughs> when we were running that business, we paid ourselves nothing. Um, right. But yeah, it probably plays in. There's a good friend of mine that I've known since college and uh, he had a group of friends and they kind of honorarily pulled me into this mindset. They called their group of friends Grupo Flexible, which I don't know is actual Spanish, but it was just this idea <laughs> that like, hey, we're a group of people who we don't need to make plans, really. We're kind of down to figure stuff out and do it. And I think honestly, like that weird moniker has been lodged in my brain for a long time because I really like that. You know, I have basically two speeds, which is immediate and never. So like, I'm going to respond to an email immediately right. or never. Uh, if somebody wants to make plans, I kind of never want to make plans or I want you to ask me to do something like an hour from now, <laughs> you know? Right. And usually that's a lot easier for me than being like, okay, let's find something for the next week. Even scheduling this, you know, like scheduling right. things within a period of a couple of weeks is difficult for me because I'm hoarding that time. But in the moment when there's like free time and someone's like, Hey, you want to go get a drink at this bar? Awesome. I'd love to do that. Um, Right. So the confidence to get to figure things out that I haven't figured out before kind of comes from that. And I think it more so comes from my background as a product manager because you mm -hmm. never have full information, but your job as a product manager was just to make decisions constantly and quickly based on the information that is available. So it never, like it often didn't benefit me to come up with complex decision trees in my mind or on paper based on what might happen. I just got really good at taking information that was happening and making a decision based on that. It drives my wife nuts, to be honest, because she'll want to know like, okay, so if this happens, what are we going to do? It's like, well, let's not worry about that until that happens. Let's, let's wait until we <laughs> have all the information we're going to have and then make a decision based on that as opposed to make a bunch of theoretical decisions because right now I should be doing something else instead. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think right. it's product management. <laughs> That's interesting. So over time, then you start, you start building this community, you start having more and more creative people on board. I'm curious what, what are some of the big things you've learned from them Oh, I, during this process? I learned from the community. Oh, I learned yeah. stuff from them all the time. I mean, the great thing is this is like the, the dirty secret about being a community builder. I learn as much from them as they do from me. You know, they're, they're, they're paying me to be a part of this digital space. And don't get me wrong. Like I created that space. I manage that space. I moderate that space. It's a right. ton of work, but right. um, 
to me, it's just as much of uh, a resource as it is to them. Because also within a community that your, your people are paying to be a part of, these people who have opted into this likely are like your biggest fans and supporters. And they also probably have the most context about you and your business as anybody who's not like your closest of friends. So in within the walls of this private community, the lab, I'm able to go in there and ask feedback from these people about anything that I'm doing and learn, you know, their perceptions of what I'm doing and learn what their challenges are because they're constantly posting questions in the feedback channel, looking for help on certain things. So, I mean, I, it's, it's hard to even give that an answer. I'm learning from people every single day. Right. Uh, and it's, it's right. wonderful. Is there any common sort of aha moments that people seem to have whenever they get together in this, this community and being able to talk with others? I think one of the most frequent aha themes is that we're often overthinking things and over-engineering things, you know, and, um, something that I think I take for granted that I didn't is, is knowledge. I didn't always have was even like the business model of a creator and how to do this stuff. Like we have a new member who just joined. He's on the, the earlier end of the spectrum as a creator from most of the members in there. And he posted a question today and he's like, when should I stop giving things away for free and start charging for things? Talking about like content and downloadable things. And it kind of took me aback because I'm like, why would you ever stop giving away things for free? <laughs> like you would never right, stop right. doing that. Like, yes, you, you will create right. paid products, but like sitting here today, business is doing better than it's ever done. And my priority is becoming more free things. You know, um, it's just interesting. It's, it's hard mm -hmm. to separate yourself from the knowledge that you've had, even understanding, you know, some of the steps along the way of, of getting people into your world and getting them to, to trust you and understand what you're about. I have just picked up so much experience and information about how to run a creator business that most people don't have. And um, usually when they ask me questions about it, the answer is like, you're overthinking this, like just approach it from this direction. There is no right or wrong answer here. People do it in all sorts of ways. You know, often I'm encouraging people to think about, well, what, what are we trying to optimize for here? Like, are we trying to get the most revenue out of this are we trying to expand your reach out of this like it all comes down to what is the, the point what is the purpose what are you trying to do and then that will change how i might recommend you go about your next steps i know that all sounds kind of amorphous because we don't have like a, a specific right. example here but that's that's kind of the <laughs> no. the themes that i see i think some of the stuff that i always struggled with was when you start going down a path that not many people have gone down before, you have less people that you can get advice from. Now, there's certainly hundreds of just amazing books out there in the world, but none of them really answer your mm -hmm. specific situation. Sure. So it can be really tough. And there's there's so many aspects that go into decisions that are being made, including like, okay, well, what's your runway? Right? How much money do you have to be able to make this work for you? Uh, like, what's your current living situation? What is, totally. how do you budget your life? You know what I mean? Like, it, it can go all the way back to that. And for me, it was like, you know, I was addicted to reading books because I was like, there's so much I don't know. And I just don't know. I don't have anybody to to ask for any of this stuff. So a lot of it was like trial and error. But it, I don't know, it can definitely be scary. And there's definitely those moments where it's like, 
oh yeah, I, I'm definitely being stupid about this. I'm definitely like overthinking this. Um, but even going back to kind of what you were saying before, like making sure you have all the information that you need before you can make a decision. I often will make decisions and like, I don't know, come up with plans for things. And I'm like, all right, this is what we're doing now. Like I'm very quick to change sure. the direction of the ship. And I think it can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing where it's like, I don't know, you, you almost borderline on being distracted by the shiny object where you're like, nope, got to go over here now. Um, is that is that something that you come to come across? Yeah, I, I'm mostly, I'm of a similar mind where I think the worst decision you can make is just not making one. Uh, I'm usually, I'm right. usually like, Agree. hey, completely. let's make a decision and move forward on it. And like everything is changeable and editable and usually reversible right. but like our our currency is time most of the time so the more time that we give ourselves by making a decision moving forward the better off we are but um one of the mistakes i see a lot of people make is in this world of being a creative and especially being a creator there is so much comparison that you can't help but do because the platform and the tools that you create on are running rampant and giving you content from other people doing the same thing, usually at a higher level because it's just being surfaced to you as a popular thing. And so you compare yourself to them. And what we don't think about enough is, uh, am I playing the same game as this person? Um, because right. everyone's, everyone has, as you were saying, a different context. So you need to choose what game you want to be playing in this world and then align your models to that game. Models meaning the people that you're modeling after. You need to align the people that you're modeling your business after to make sure that they're playing the same game because you can't expect the same results when there are different rules at play. And what a lot of people who are kind of scamming this world will do is they'll be like, hey, let me... Like, buy my course and I'll teach you the secrets in my six-figure launch. And it's like, that sounds incredible. <laughs> right. And what they don't tell you is that their six-figure launch had a five-figure marketing budget. You know? Right. Uh, which right. means that, one, they had the resources to put that kind of budget into it. Um, right. Like, it's just, it, it, it's just not transparent and accurate most of the time. Right. I think in, in a lot of cases, I don't necessarily think people are trying to scam other people by saying that, but I think that they actually believe it themselves because they're like, oh, wow, I yeah. did this thing. Well, if I can do it, then anybody can do it. But they, they fail to see all of those little it, it's details. Definitely both. That like, I think a common practice it. in this world right. is to intentionally leave things open to inaccurate interpretation. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, because, because you're not lying then and you can, you can let yourself off right, the hook, right. but again, you're definitely leaving the space for inaccurate interpretation that, you know, will implicitly, uh, drive that person to trust you and want to buy something. Right. So it's, it's a gray area for sure. But there are definitely people who also just, they're so far right. removed from somebody just getting started that they don't remember what it's like. And I, I'm starting to hit this point now where I'm in kind of a similar boat. I'm like, well. I mean, I kind of feel it with like TikTok, which I, we just started a TikTok account like a month ago and YouTube. We just started a YouTube account three weeks ago and I'm sitting there and like, oh, I am starting at zero, but I'm also still not starting at zero. Like I can email my list of existing right. people and put it on social media and kind of kickstart these things. If I was starting from absolute zero, what would I do? 
and that's kind of hard for me to answer. You know, I have I have some theories I think right. would work, but um, it would definitely be slow. Like the the answer is you're still probably going to spend right. multiple years, like five years, the way that I have, kind of feeling around in the dark and finding your way there. And I don't know how much of a way around that there is unless you have some really unique earned insight from your life already and you're able to parlay that and put it in front of other people's existing audiences. And that's like the ultimate right. shortcut, but most people don't have that level of earned insight. You know, I'm talking about like an Andrew Huberman, a neuroscientist who's been running a lab at Stanford for a couple of decades. He gets onto the Rich Roll podcast and talks about neuroscience and people are like, who's this guy? And just blows up out of nowhere because he was given a platform of somebody else's audience and he has a ridiculously rare set of, you know, or, or very rare insight that most people don't have and can't speak to as elegantly as he can. Um, so there is no real shortcut. You know, his shortcut was he spent two decades learning right. neuroscience at Stanford. Right. I, and that's kind of the thing I always think about. Like with with me, it was a, lo a little bit different than most people's path. I was 12, 13 years old and said I wanted to do animation. <clears throat> and I haven't veered from that path since. It is crazy. Honestly, that's kind of part of the story of the backwards hat, right? Is that I've been wearing a backwards hat since I was 12, 13. Wow. So I just kind of, that's that's the part of me that I just kind of carry with me. It's weird, but um, so there's there's never anything else in this world that I wanted to be or do other than a baseball player, maybe. But might be too late for that one. I don't know. Maybe I'm not <laughs> tall enough, fast enough, strong enough. I don't know. I, but like, this is going to sound crazy, but like, there's still a part of me that's like, you know what? If if I dedicated myself to that, I bet you I could do it. I know that's crazy, but I'm like, that's an important attitude. That's though, just for anyone entrepreneurial. It, it, I completely agree, but I, and that's why, like, I started talking about like confidence earlier. Like, I don't know when I gained the confidence that I have right now. I know it definitely wasn't always there. Like, I don't know. I think that it. I, I think because I knew what I wanted to do, I started practicing it at a very young age. Like, just I just remember so many days of just turning the Mortal Kombat soundtrack on and just drawing for hours and then I would just play video games and then go back to drawing. So like I was practicing so much without realizing that it was actually practice. Um, but over time that just, it just gives you confidence and I don't know. Like I, I, I find it to be just this, I, I find confidence to be just as fascinating as creativity. And I think that yeah. they're actually one in the same and I don't know. Most most people don't have that conversation of both yeah. of those things together. But I, I've, I've been thinking I down know. similar lines lately, although I, I haven't been using the word confidence in my, my model as much. I think a lot about belief because, you know, in the story that you're telling me, you have a goal. Interesting. You know, I want to be an animator uh, or in this metaphorical world, I want to be a baseball player. So, you, have, you know, the end state and then you have belief or confidence that you can get there. Um you know, we're, we're like fascinated by these these stories that turn into docuseries uh, with Elizabeth Holmes of Theranos or Fire Festival or WeWork or Anna Delvian. It's like, how could these people pull off this crazy stuff? And the answer is they believed that they could do it. They had a goal and they believed that they could do it. 
And right. in those cases, like that's the, oh, it went wrong uh, story. But every day people are doing the same thing and it's lauded because they had a goal and they believe they could do it and they do incredible, crazy things to get there. Uh, have you seen um, King Richard with Will Smith about the uh, the Williams sisters? Yes. The thing that, not. Shelby's seen it. The thing that strikes me about that story, yeah. um, uh, assuming that it's true, in the beginning of the movie, Will Smith's character, the, the sister's dad, he had incredible belief about who they're going to be and a goal of making them go pro. And that pushed him to do ridiculous things, like just go door to door to these like white tennis pros, you know, this is like the 80s, to ask them to coach his daughters for free. And he got told no dozens of times until he found somebody who was willing to teach one of them. And then they recorded her practices so that the mother could play those tapes and practice with the other daughter based on the, the tips of the other coach. Like just crazy what a goal and belief that you can achieve it will do. But most people don't sit down to have this conversation of like, what is my goal? And then they constantly um, self-sabotage by not believing that they can achieve it. And if you don't believe that you're, you're going to achieve it, you're not going to take the steps necessary to do it. Right. And this is my issue with plan B's <laughs> in this world, right? Where like, I understand that it's a safe idea to have a plan B, but I've never been a fan of them because I don't fully believe mm. that people will totally. give it everything that they have if they oh. know that they can fall back on something. Um, and that's like, whenever people ask me, they're like, oh, like, how do, how do you go off on your own and do all this stuff? I'm like, honestly, you just kind of do it. And then you, you freak out for a while, but you, you trust that you'll think of something. Totally. I, maybe it is that belief again, where it's like, you know, that you'll, it might not be the right answer, but at least you'll go a, a direction. You will get in the boat and you will start oh, moving. I think, I think that plays um, a big part of that confidence, though, is being able to have the confidence in yourself to start it and have the confidence in yourself that if you fail, you can go a different route. Totally. Right. And that That's always interesting to me, too, is like how families play a role in just i mean everyone's life but like especially with creative lives where it's like if you don't encourage kids to create or if you start saying like oh yeah it's it's not that great whatever like that has such an for effect sure. for sure like and later on most most of the time like, we're looking at our okay. parents as our first models and we don't realize that they're playing right. wildly different games not even different games sometimes even if they are playing the same games the rules have changed a lot. You know, I, I, yeah. I was at my parents' place right. talking to them about how they got a loan to custom build the home that I grew up in. And they were telling me about like the, the interest rates they were getting on the money they deposited at the time. They were getting like 40% interest at one point. I was like, are you kidding me? And the amount they like got a loan right. for to build the house was... Uh, in the thousands of dollars, like single thousands, I believe. So it was just like, wow, the, the rules have changed mm. so much. You know, like we're playing the same, if I'm playing the same game of right. wanting to uh, build a custom home or, you know, get a loan or uh, save for retirement, same game, same goal, but uh, the rules have changed. You know, I can't save at the same rate. I can't use the same financial product or I can't uh, even try to save to the same total amount of savings and have that be enough 
it's a factor of like it's 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 a, it's a multiple higher now um so yeah i think a lot of times parents un, unknowingly are uh in the way because like if you if you just all you have to do is acknowledge that like things have changed and things are different and uh you know you can do whatever you want to do but my advice won't really work because you can't really take helpful advice from somebody who hasn't walked the path you're trying to walk you know or come to the same crossroads they'll do their best they can project on it but it's it's not really informed insight right right that's all right kind of go to this idea of education again like you were talking about earlier and even like just how parents are in general and again i I think about my own story in general and i i did horrible in school i was never really that great i wasn't like a bad kid but if i got c's my mom was generally okay with that like (laughs) as long as i wasn't failing anything um but for me again early on i was like this is not for me like i was social i can talk to people Mm -hmm. but like i just wasn't good at school i if i couldn't understand the context in which i could use this thing later on it just i I couldn't do it there's nothing i could do to remember these different things but when it came to art like it was completely different for me whereas like that was the only place that i was like really excited about every wednesday or whatever the day was like that i'd have art i was like awesome like i can't wait i'm excited about like getting into the paints and doing all these different things um but i think i mean especially at this time i think it was really difficult for anyone to see i don't know, see that, that sort of potential and uh, honestly it's it kind of if anything's mm. done a number on me in my life it's that <laughs> where it was like having a lot of people not believe in you whenever you do have those crazy, crazy ideas where I was like, you know, what? I want to do something with art. I want to animate things. Um, because when you say that as a middle school or high school kid, you know, you usually get like, oh, that's great, sweetie. But like, you don't get people that are like, okay, cool. Like, like, how do you want to start? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like you don't get anyone really yeah. helping you with stuff like that. I'm hoping that it's changed. But to me, that's, I, I am... I I love education, but I absolutely hate the education that most people get in our country. And a lot of it comes comes down to that. Again, I don't know if it's changed. I haven't been there recently. Probably not. But, the um, like, there's probably not more art programs. Uh, there probably not. not more. <laughs> like, right? You know, right? Right? You see, you see schools that are like canceling classes and like doing less programs because they can't afford it. And like for me, I'm like that is batshit crazy why we give kids the opportunity to hit each other with <laughs> dodgeballs and gym but we can't give them a paintbrush yeah. or and a little bit of direction like i i love sports more than a lot of other people but i just i don't know every kid has their own sort of thing and i think that that time specifically should be yeah. spent Sorry, we're really getting into this education thing here. <laughs> like every kid should have like that time to explore. And I think that kind of goes to, I mean, we talk about education. It talks about that confidence. Whenever they don't have that chance to explore, I think that we get people that are just like, yeah, let me just, let me be a middle, man, middle manager. Let me just do 
this thing that here's, I know can pay me decently. Here's something that I've also witnessed, and I promise this ties in, so go on this journey with me. So when people start <laughs> the creator journey, they will say, hey, I'm doing this thing. I'm starting this blog. I'm starting a YouTube channel. I'm making a podcast. I'm, I'm uh, doing this on Instagram. They'll make that like announcement post the way we're trying to do with jobs. People get really excited. People start following. It feels really nice. And then in the best cases, that person stays consistent for a period of months. And over those first several months, what they see is a decline in support and enthusiasm because the people who are initially following were people close to them who are excited for them at that moment. But as time passes in the early on, it's hard to get in front of the audience that you want to build. There are strangers on the internet. You got to find a way to get in front of them. In the beginning, you're just getting in front of the people that you know, most of whom are not actually your target audience. And some of those people fade away because they're not your target audience. But here's the worst part. A lot of times people will passively aggressively be unsupporting because they see you following your interests and your dreams and it threatens their own perception of themselves because most people haven't done that and i don't want to say that people do this super consciously but um in interactions they'll do the same thing you know where they will belittle what you're doing or uh you know actively try to dissuade you from it because they didn't have the belief in themselves to take that same risk and so their model is this is not right. a viable path you got to make the same compromises that i did or you got to trade these things off the same way that i did you know it's it's like all these old systems that have basically hazing rituals where the people who went through it just like want to maintain that system because i went through it so you have to too people will do that in the way that they support or choose not to support right. you with your work also it's really hard for people to see like wow my you know, one of my good friends just unsubscribed from my emails. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, like, or like, why does this person look at all of my stories, but never like a single one of my posts? Um, and it's really hard, but it's because right. most people didn't give themselves the permission to do that. And seeing you do that hurts them. And so they are not going to support you actively. And it sucks. You got to You got to find new models, new friends, people who support you. And that's not always easy to do either. Right. Yeah, I am. Right. I've actually Shelby. been having this conversation with um, one of my uh, one of my creative partners where we have a very distinct voice. I mean, I like French New Wave and writing and very artistic, out of out of the box work. And a lot of times, especially I'm based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, very Midwestern. There's, you know, a lot of times a very particular voice and we get pushback on some of those ideas, especially on some of the, the weirder ideas. And I, I think it's important to, to be able to self-reflect on where you're at, whether that be, you know, how people are supporting you, if your community is supporting you, and be able to, like, take the jump and not be afraid of looking for other communities, too. Yeah. Of, oh, are there going to be other people that might understand this better? Because I, I think, for me, one of the things of living the best creative life that I can is to find other people who understand what I'm doing. Totally. And here's the other thing, you know, people who are sometimes not supportive that you would expect would be, sometimes they think it's like, uh, 
a taste or intelligence thing. Nobody likes to feel stupid or like they don't get the joke, right? And so it's easier to just like reject that thing and other it versus admit that you don't get it. Um, and you know, we're, we're artists, like most of the time there's nothing to get, <laughs> you know? And like that's hard for them to grasp also. Right. Um, so, you know, I've, I've actively tried to cultivate that and people that have been close to me at different points in my life who don't understand what I'm doing. So I love my parents. This is one of the reasons why I love my parents so much. They've never really understood what I was doing, but they have also always been wildly supportive. You know, right. my, my, my dad will listen to an episode of my podcast. And be like, actually, right. you mentioned that, uh, you know, I was paying you 10 cents per tree and we planted thousands of trees. We actually planted this many trees. And it's like, why did you listen to that podcast I was on? But I love you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and I, w- I wish more people were like that, but it's, uh, right. yeah, it's a challenge. That's, um, so one of the things I, I always think about like, like bands yeah. like before they make it, they always, they all say the same thing yeah. of like, yeah, we were playing with nobody there at one point or another. We were playing with nobody there and it lasted for what seemed like a long time, but it, they kept going and eventually people started showing up. Same. But like I, I always think about that, and um, and I, I don't know. I, I feel like, I mean, I can, I can relate that in some ways. I can't play any musical instruments, but um, you know, there's certain events or certain things that I would do, and I'm like, okay, like if if I was doing making Midwest, like the first couple times I, I did that, I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, I had 40 people say that they were gonna be here, but only 12 showed up. And I think that it's like, like one, I'm not going to like be mad at anybody for not going. I actually like think of it in a different way where I'm like, they are part of the market. The market is never wrong. So it's like, if they didn't come, well, then it's either I'm not, I'm I'm not doing something right. And like, I'm not going to blame them personally, but I'm going to like take a moment here to try to figure out like, why wasn't this appealing enough for them to just be an automatic yes to coming to this? Now, that being said, um, like one one of those events was a little uh, a short film premiere that we did uh, of uh, "Where Are You Now?" A short film that we did. It's on our on our website, madebythings.com. <laughs> um, I was there, and a super personal story to constantly. me. And I oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, you you spoiled the ending. Damn it! <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> um. And for something like that, I'm like, listen, like, this isn't like a normal kind of premiere. And I, like, I, I didn't want to like tell everybody what it was like about. But I, in my mind, I was like, it would really mean a lot if like we could just fill up a room with people and we can kind of share this thing. Right. So we got food, we got T-shirts, we got a bunch of stuff for for everyone. And I planned on before before we showed anybody this this film, I wanted to kind of tell the story a little bit. And... uh I, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting and I don't know I don't know why I was expecting it, but I was like, I feel like we're gonna be able to like we're gonna have a lot of people at this thing. And I think there was only maybe less than ten people that showed up. And I was like I like that honestly it kinda hurt. Cause it was like, man, if if anyone would just if if you know, if you come to any event to support what I do, this would have been the one. And again, nothing, no, I, I, I'm not mad at anybody <laughs> for not showing up. But again, I look over there and sitting right in front of the TV, 
there's Jay and your wife right there. Um, and I, I got to tell you, that that level of support, like I can't describe to you what that actually <laughs> means. You know, I'm not, I'm not crying. All right, I'm not gonna cry here, but I, I will tell you, like that's the kind of person that you want on your side, right? The the person that shows up. Not again. If you don't make it to the next thing, <laughs> again, I get it. No, no worries. But like again, just there's there's people that will show up, and there's some people that might not. And those people that don't show up, they don't. Again, it, it doesn't mean that you can't be friends with them anymore, but it might be, it means they just had something else going on. Or maybe, honestly, maybe it does mean that they're just not into what you're doing. Um, but sure. I think it's important to, to keep going no matter what and being okay with hearing no or playing sure. to an empty uh, room, and you, basically. It's important to be that for people. Like, that's why I went. I could tell it was important to you. And I was like, I want anybody who's doing something that is unnecessary like in on like in the whole like doing things is hard anything that you choose to do for yourself right is like by definition not necessary uh and takes a lot of work and vulnerability and um i want anybody who does that to feel like that was worthwhile and that was supported and i'm going to keep doing it um right i i try to do that in in big and small ways for people often like even down to i'm almost never on facebook but my favorite thing to see on facebook are people that i knew in high school who are doing something creative doing something on their own because they love doing it and just like look at it and appreciate it and support them on it even though we probably didn't talk much then we certainly don't talk now but i want them to be like somebody's paying attention because you need that signal to to keep going and do it and honestly i do it because i don't right i often don't feel it <laughs> you know like i i hear that i feel the same things of like right this thing i just did is awesome why aren't even my people right. showing up for me on this um and it starts to put a little chip on your shoulder right. honestly you know like it's it's starting to become even more of a mm-hmm. uh i won't say like a negativity fueled thing but like I definitely feel a growing sense of all right you just keep you keep ignoring what I'm doing you go ahead and keep doing that and you'll see you'll all see (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) no that's I I have always been driven more by negativity than I have positivity say that right yeah and i don't i don't love it but again it kind of goes back to what i was saying like i was never good at school so i had a lot of people doubting me and whatever but like there's friends family members teachers i remember all of their names i remember the face that they made when they said that this wasn't a good idea and it's it's probably not fair of me to keep that uh 15 years later more than that maybe (laughs) but it's it still does the trick for me. Like my, my high school principal died a couple years ago. And I was like, like, I was like, that's, that sucks. But like, Mm. I'm not over it still. (laughs) Like I'm not over the, the doubt that you had. (laughs) I was hoping to be able to rub that in your face someday. (laughs) But like, I, I, 
I knew at the, like that was the feeling that I had whenever I found that out. But I was like, again, that's not fair. Like he tried to push, he tried to he tried to do all the right things. He tried to do it. Just it wasn't right for me specifically. The right things, which as a kid we don't understand. Right. Right. Exactly. So like I don't. Right. Right. And so I, I always hold, held that against him. But like even still to this day, like mm. he's up there on my list of people to prove wrong. <laughs> I don't care if he's alive or dead, but <laughs> it's just it's there. But again, like even even family members where, you know, they they start finding out like, oh, like now Matt has a, a team of eight people that are all like working on videos. And, like, I have to try my hardest to not just be like, ha, like, I told you, I told you this is exactly what would happen. Um, and again, that's, that's, that's how I operate. And maybe that, again, goes back to just the aggressive sports side of myself. But, like, I, I don't, I don't, I wish it wasn't that way. Like, I, I love proving people right as well. Like, my mom, she always believed in me and I love proving her right every day. But... <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's just a little bit more fun. There, there is a pleasure to it that wrong. you just don't get from anything else. <laughs> <laughs> right. And again, it's not like I would like be like, ha, huh, or anything like that. It's just, I don't know. It's weird. But anyway, like <laughs> all that to say, I think that obviously the, the positive people in your life, the people that, that show up, um, I don't know, if you let them play a big role in kind of your success again just making sure you surround yourself with the right with the right community really and there like you were saying shelby there are thousands of communities out there and if one's not working try the next one because you'll find people that will support you um all right all that being said let's do some uh, some final thoughts shelby you want to go first yeah um I think just going off of that, I, I do have to say kind of on your comment, Matt, of the ha, huh, you know, I proved you wrong. I do have to say, I say this all the time. I do about 80%, 80% of everything I do is on spite. <laughs> um, and I think that's a good thing to do, to be really honest. I mean, it's it's worked so yeah. far. Um, yeah. But I, I think that they always say that we always remember the negative things more than we remember the positives. Right. And... I do all the time. I am. Um, I remember I, cause I, I had kind of a similar experience. I started when I was in college, I started out as a history and a business major and I ended film and history. A nice. 180. I went creative completely. And I remember when I was starting to make that switch of this isn't going to work. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be, be able to be creative and proving those people wrong, finding communities that do support the work that I'm doing and the goals that you have and being able to just say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I believe in myself. You know, I think being able to learn those lessons and learn them well, is the key. Right. Jay, go ahead. Final thoughts. How do creatives live their best life? Um, here's something I've been thinking about lately. Uh, when I was employed, which have been very small pockets of time in my life, there have been periods of time when I had expectations put on me from bosses, superiors, coworkers that felt insane, like in terms of quality of output, level of output, timeline, time frame of output. And more times than not, I ended up achieving those insane expectations. 
I have been trying to be that person for myself as a self-employed person uh, because I recognize I don't often push myself to tap into that same level of uh, like that same gear. And I would bet I'm not alone in that, you know? So, you know, I, I constantly question myself, like how much further ahead would I be if I had the same level of urgency or expectations for myself that sometimes bosses had for me? Um, and it's important because results compound. So everything you do, every bit of progress that you make today like you feel the compounding results of that for the rest of your career. So the faster you, you know, get certain things done, it, it really has a long-term impact. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Nice. I would say, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we already basically talked about, um, I think the most important thing is I think it's okay to change directions, but I, I don't think it's okay to stop doing something that you really enjoy. It's again, it's, it's fine. If you're like, mm, you know what, maybe I don't enjoy this. Like you have no obligation to keep going. So it's okay to change your mind or change totally. your direction. But if you believe in it yourself, and maybe maybe there's there's that period of time between belief and confidence. Um, you know, believe in yourself long enough, and it will turn into confidence, and you will be able to, I don't know, make things happen in the world. Um, I don't know. Maybe that sounds like a T-shirt or a picture of one of those little <laughs> posters on the on the wall kind of thing. <laughs> believe in yourself. Believe. Bam. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that's that's it. It's you know, going back to what I was saying about the band thing, even if nobody's there, keep playing. Because worst case scenario, that's just good, solid practice. All right, Jay, where can people find out more info on you? I am on the internet. Um, nice. You can cool. read my <laughs> newsletter at creatorscience.com, creator science. And uh, find me on any social media at Jay Klaus. Love it. All right, man. Uh, Jay, Shelby, it's been fun and uh, love you. Bye. Bye. The Command Z Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.